0: Hello everyone and welcome to The Cinema Nerd Presents. My name is Kyle Woods. I'm here with my buddy Dylan Shore. This is made in the 90s and we are going to talk about a movie today called Double Jeopardy. Dylan, have you ever been in Double Jeopardy?
1: <laughs> you know what? I've gotten the answer to Double Jeopardy quite a lot.
0: <laughs> I was disappointed that Alex Trebek didn't show up. Also, in our long—I know that
1: would been that would have been special.
0: It would have been special in our long streak of rest and powers. One more to add to the list, man. He's a, a ledge, definitely. Um, before we talk about double jeopardy, should we talk about anything else? What else have you been watching?
1: I <clears throat> watched Nobody, the uh, uh, yeah, Bob like... Odenkirk movie. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. It's not the most original story, but it's it's a great time. It's funny. It's bloody and. Bob Odenkirk is great.
0: Yeah. I wish success upon Bob Odenkirk, so I'm glad that's happening.
1: Right. I agree. Uh, And then I watched something you've already watched, The White Tiger. Oh, right on. What'd you think? I thoroughly enjoyed it. I liked it a lot. What a great, interesting, crazy story. Like, it starts off really fun and then gets really dark.
0: And then it ends really fun. It's almost like an inverse of that rise and fall, where it's like rise, fall, rise kind of arc.
1: Yeah, because he's become what he used to work for. He is now that capitalist, rich person that doesn't treat his employees like their family. Yeah, but he still. Uh, uh, it was such an interesting movie. I liked it a lot.
0: I also really like the scale of the ending. Like the the thing that he's not pulling off a heist. He's not going for the richest person in the history of time. He's just like, no, I just want my slice, bro. I'm not, this is good. I'm okay here.
1: Yep. Yeah, really interesting. And then I watched The Father.
0: I, I have not seen The Father, but I, I tweeted out in light of the Oscar news that I, my question was, is The Father a Two Popes prequel?
1: <laughs> no, it is not. <laughs> but it is very sad it it was an emotional fucking roller coaster yeah. uh I uh, very worthy of the oscar for sure
0: right on. i mean hopkins is one of the greatest right yep and that's it how about you what did you watch um i got a couple of things one i'm really excited to talk about so we'll work up to that first in our continuing conversation about elaine may
1: oh yes what'd you watch
0: the heartbreak kid
1: what'd you think
0: it's a real meh for me man oh i gotta be honest here here's my thing is that charles groden is so good at his job that i almost don't want to watch any movies in you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs) i'm just like fuck this dude and that's the whole point of this movie and i appreciate that i really do like where it lands but the like 75 minutes preceding it, I'm just like, oh, I cannot stand anything
1: happening. Hmm, okay, fair. I'm curious how you'll feel about her other movies.
0: I mean, I really did like A New Leaf. I I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, With this one in particular, I felt a conflict between um, the playwright whose name is escaping me, the gentleman from
1: The Odd Couple and uh, whatever else he wrote. Mm-hmm. I, I, I wouldn't be able to know his name off the top of my head.
0: Well, let's look it up since we're actually talking about it. Um, because he's a very famous... Oh, Neil Simon is the gentleman's name. Gotcha. Um, and he wrote uh, The Odd Couple and Biloxi Blues, uh, amongst others. I mean, he's prolific and respected <laughs> as a humorist. But he's very, like, chippy, you know, fast-paced. And the whole thing about slowing this down and actually exploring the human stakes i really like you know i i I like that but i i kind of want it for a drama and and as a comedy i just was like never laughing and only uncomfortable the whole time and that's
1: Uh, that's see that's what makes me laugh is the uncomfortableness of it all uh he's such a fucking ooh, just a despicable person
0: oh he's the worst man he's the absolute worst (laughs) But everybody else around him sucks too. And that's my kind of, like the main thrust of my criticism is that anti-hero is fine and bad people comedy is also fine. But I need one thing to like. I need something to root for in any movie that I'm watching. And I just couldn't grab onto anything in this movie where I was like, well, I hate everybody. Why am I watching this?
1: Hey, that still makes a good movie for me. I don't need to like anybody because they're just a, fucking characters for me like
0: in a comedy i need to like somebody in an huh. action movie in a thriller with
1: in a drama i don't know you like people What's you that? like bad santa like do you like billy bob though like he's a piece of shit in that movie it's sweet towards the end but like he's a fucking terrible
0: human being the thing that i identify with billy bob and bad santa specifically is Oh, his... you
1: identify with it
0: yes, yes. <laughs> is his aggressive honesty where he's <coughs> like not taking any shit from anybody at any point point. and the one that the pops in my head right now is when he's reading the report card and he goes thurman merman
1: your name's thurman merman. or he goes who the fuck is that is that your name yeah.
0: <laughs> and that stuff is replete throughout the movie and i have a real <laughs> to my own detriment like honest streak that has sunk my career more than once And so I identify with Billy Bob where he's just like, this is bullshit. Let me say it out loud. And that's the thing. He's like, I'm, you know, I'll I'll be uh, as hard on myself as not that I can be, but that I'm willing to be right now. But like, I always think that I can do better as a person. But one of the things that I do hold onto myself is like, no, but I'm honest. If you don't like this thing about me, fuck you then. And Billy Bob has that going for him and Charles yes, Grodin has none of that going for him he's servile he's a liar and Sybil Shepard is maybe the most likable character in the movie and she's also very detached from reality and I'm just kind of not <clears throat> in that type of story you know okay okay so I won't uh, like it's good it is good and like I said I really like the place that it lands in I'm never going to watch that movie again and I wouldn't recommend it to people just because it's such a like, fuck you
1: kind of experience the whole did time you, for me. Did you like it more than the Fairly Brothers one?
0: I am 43 minutes and 25 seconds into the Fairly Brothers movie. And? and so far I like it much better. What? No, 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 no. Sorry, the Elaine May movie. The Elaine May oh, movie okay, is okay,
1: okay, okay. far
0: superior to the Fairly okay, Brothers okay. movie. Um, the, this Fairly brother movie the 2007 remake has me questioning Malin Ackerman as an actor where I'm just like what are you doing and she's somebody I really like she's good and
1: mm-hmm. I, uh, Danny McBride in that movie has some funny lines I just saw him for the first time he comes in about 30 minutes in is that when he's like Miranda we're playing Parcheesi is it that part <laughs> maybe maybe <laughs> oh
0: man so yeah the heartbreak kid i there's stuff for me to sort of appreciate but i didn't really enjoy it as a film uh so here's two that i will talk about that i did enjoy as a film actually very timely just so happened to be my wife my wife my wife last night was like hey let's put on nomadland and i was like yeah let's put on nomadland and then it won all of the oscars so, good on him, because really,
1: man, I was devastated by that movie. It just crushed me, you know? I like Nomadland a lot. I just didn't think it was one of the best. Like, I felt like I've seen stories like that before, and, like, just the capturing the realness of life, like, that has been done many times, and Francis is fucking great, as always, but I felt like this was more of a... simpler role for her than what she has done in the past especially like three three billboard uh but that's not uh, i'm not saying i didn't like it i just didn't think it was worth the best picture and best director
0: I mean, I I famously ignored most of 2020 in cinema, so I I wouldn't be able to announce whether it was the best picture or not, but I really responded strongly to it. I thought it was an excellent, excellent film. And the direction is, I think, the strongest aspect of the movie. I was a little surprised that it got nominated for best uh, cinematography, because I found the photography actually pretty flat all throughout. Yeah,
1: it's very flat. And I think actually, for me, the strongest thing is all of the supporting real people. I, and I would, so interesting. And that was my favorite part of the movie. Agreed,
0: 100%. And that's where I will credit that. I'll credit that to Chloe Zhao as a director to recruit those people, to put them in the film.
1: Because all of their dialogue is improvised. They just had them go and talk.
0: You no, know, I said the same thing to uh, the, my wife. My but, wife. I, I would love to see the cutting room floor of what they shot because I got to imagine there's a hundred hours of incredible yep. stories that just yep. didn't make that movie.
1: Yeah, I'm sure it like there it like almost like she shot out of, like a documentary, just like yeah. hours and hours. of It just seems like
0: that's what I would assume. Um, you know, and with the crew that small,
1: you can't really fault them for coming off like an indie. Um, I the oh dude. definitely not faulting them for that at all and it actually it feels like a big movie they travel to a lot of places like it takes you across the united states from south dakota to california like you get the feel of it it's just all it's shot like very real life like uh yeah it's flat but it's it's i i get why she did that though it, I, do. I think there's a
0: real justification to be made about the twilight years of uh, mm. any person's life right Frances McDormand is in her 60s most of the characters in this movie are I don't want to say elderly but
1: there's a good plus 60 that plus
0: are. Yeah. yeah and <laughs> that's kind of thematically what it's about not only in their own individual lives but also you know not to be too much of a downer but the twilight of America and mm. the crumbling that's happening there I think that really is effective, but uh, I almost don't want to say it out loud, but having worked in production where I'm like, every time we're inside, it's at night. And that's clearly because we got a budget to work around. So we can't shoot during the day because we can't afford to close this place down for a whole day. It works thematically just-
1: Or if it's at night, there's got to be a big fire. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I, I really did. I, Francis McDormand is great. The direction is incredible. Uh, um, David Strathern. You know, what was really delightful for me was seeing uh, his literal child play his actual son in that movie. Oh, I did not know that was his kid. When he first showed up, I was like, he looks a lot like David Strathern. I have to look it up. And his name is like Ty Strathern or Sam Strathern. You know, it's, it's his actual son. And huh. that's sort of keeps in line with like no we're doing real people stories here that's interesting yeah dug it you want to hear the best movie that i saw recently yes please it's on netflix at least here in the uk it's called someone great Mm. buddy it stars gina rodriguez and uh, um (laughs) damn it um oh shit i just forgot his name but He's the dude who was nominated for Best Supporting Actor with Daniel Kaluuya.
1: <laughs> Lakeith?
0: Lakeith. It was Lakeith Stanfeld. Gina Rodriguez and Lakeith Stanfeld star in a romantic comedy set in New York City, and they're both the coolest motherfucking people in New York City. It's a beautiful, beautiful movie. It's one of the best rom-coms I've seen in a long time. It gets something about New York that, like, you know, love it or hate it, the agency life is a lot of what's going on there right now. And so it really taps into that energy very, very well. It makes New York look so sexy and appealing. And again, there's scenes, most of the arc, it's a, a romance. It's actually a breakup story, story about Gina Rodriguez and Lakeith Stanfield. And I- I'm right here. dude. I've been long on, not long, he's new to the scene, but Lakey Stanfield is one of the greatest actors of our generation, You know, yeah, he's, he's just as in, incredible. And Gina Rodriguez has ascended to that throne for me after watching Kajillionaire and this thing in short order. So like I said, it's a breakup story and it's mostly centered on Gina Rodriguez trying to find her way through this thing. And she has to play like, I am completely broken and I'm trying to celebrate at once. And so that like volatility as a performer, it it just is breathtaking. And Mm. again, a lot of her scenes are against Lakeith Stanfield. And so again, believe, I'm gonna, that's the last time I say again, but believing Lakeith Stanfield to be one of our finest actors and having the faith that Gina Rodriguez will get there, watching her act against him There's no question. She just is incredible in this thing, man. I really dug it. And if you're a fan of actors in any context, this is a movie worth watching because Anna Kemp is also in it, has some really great scenes. I think, is it RuPaul that shows up towards the end of it? Doesn't matter. There's a lot of really like interesting casting choices and phenomenal actors, but mostly it's just like really solid rom-com. So, 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 so good. Fucking A.
1: That's yeah. awesome. I, I added it to the list. Do it. Watch it. Sweet. Should we get into it? Shall we get into it?
0: <laughs> Double okay. Jeopardy. All right. I'm, I'm just going to say this off top, and then I won't be pedantic about it anymore, but obviously this is in no way, shape, or form how Double Jeopardy functions. And please don't take this movie as legal advice because you will absolutely go to jail
1: thank you for giving that warning yes uh all right double jeopardy 1999 a woman framed for her husband's murder suspects he is still alive and she has already been tried for the crime she can't be re-prosecuted if she finds and kills him that's not true
0: (laughs) (laughs) no no because i'm not done with it they are separate crimes she's been accused of murdering him in this place at that location and then years later another thing happens those are different
1: crimes that's not double jeopardy folks although the husband would definitely go to prison for faking his own death
0: and defrauding many people
1: (laughs) yes absolutely he's a bad Uh, guy on that note this movie fucking rocks it's snappy man it's so watchable it is it's so ridiculous it's <laughs> insane uh so the first time I saw this movie uh I was with my dad and my dad uh goes Toy Story 2 had just come out and he was like we're gonna go see Toy Story 2 and I'm like oh, I want to see Double Jeopardy I still haven't got to see it yet and um and he's like no we're gonna see Toy Story 2 uh and I'm like ah fine whatever and he goes to buy the tickets for Toy Story 2 and he comes back to the car he's like Toy Story 2 was all sold out so we're seeing Double Jeopardy and I was like yes and then saw Toy Story 2 just later on that day but uh solid double feature solid double feature and uh then this was a rewatch on VHS many times yeah uh yeah
0: all right. So my history is that I, I um, famously lived like half a block away from the Riverview Theater. So I saw this on second run for 75 cents, cents. in my childhood. And
1: it, you yeah, know, I think this was still on like, a, like its second run, because it had been out for a few months. I remember like wanting to see it. And it, I hadn't got to see it yet. Because Toy, Toy Story 2 and it didn't come out together. They were a few months apart, I believe. Although I I did live in a smaller town, and they and we got movies a little later there too, so. Buddy, I'm living in the UK. I'm a year behind on (laughs) every. Sorry, I interrupted you. Keep going.
0: Just to say that I I saw it in the theater and had this responsibly in like, oh, I'm watching a grown up movie for grown ups in a theater.
1: Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Uh. Man, Tommy Lee Jones is great in this movie. He has so many funny line deliveries, and his curmud- hes such a curmudgeon. Like
0: he's I, l- a little less curmudgeonly here, and I—I I wonder if that's why. I also one of my notes is like, TLJ, really great, man. Yeah. It's—I'm not going to say career best for him, but it's. <laughs> I love a pulp movie. You know what I mean? So if I'm going to be real fair, I think his career best is No Country for Old Men. But this thing is just like part and parcel with what he does. He's so sympathetic. He's so hard edged. And you're like, you respect him, but you don't want to cross him. But if you do cross him, he'll give you the chance to explain yourself.
1: Dude, that was a perfect way to put the character of Travis. <laughs> oh, that was absolutely perfect.
0: <laughs> he's good, man. No, he's, he is good. He's a delight in this film. It, it's a little bit of a shame that he doesn't enter. He it's a, of, a
1: minute. that's like thirty minute mark.
0: Thirty minutes. He is the second act turn or the first act out, depending on your terminology. He's not in the first th- literal third of this movie, and then he shows up, and it's an entirely different film.
1: Yep uh oh man uh, <laughs> the i can't remember what it is and i didn't take notes because i watched it late last night uh but uh ashley judd i think is really good as well and never got the opportunity to do like really great projects She's good in all the movies I've seen her in. Like, I love Where the Heart Is. And that's a fucking cheesy, bad, almost lifetime movie. I love it, and I love Natalie Portman in it, too. And Stucker Channing.
0: Is that the one
1: with the uh, baby in Walmart? The Walmart baby. Yeah. yeah. Yep.
0: I like that movie, too.
1: Yeah. It's super sweet. It's... It's very cheesy, but uh, I, I enjoy it. Let's talk Jug for a minute. because yes. she, let's do it. She kind of ruled the 90s, man. Oh, she has so much. Kiss the girl. Fucking, uh, she's in Heat, too. She, she is, is in Heat. She's Val Kilmer's um, yeah, wife. They married right, it,
0: girl. I, I, th- I mean... I cannot imagine Val Kilmer being married. The character that Val Kilmer plays in <laughs> Heat, but you know they're definitely romantic to
1: each other. She's yeah. also in A Time to Kill and yep. Simon Birch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's uh, Wentworth, uh, Joe Wentworth's mom, and Simon kills her with a baseball. Oh, that's that's really uh, Yeah. The first time Simon ever hits a ball in a game, the ball goes foul outside and she's just strolling along, walking all happily and boom, hits her right in the head and kills her.
0: I have twice in my life seen a very similar experience.
1: One time, yeah, I was playing.
0: So we had a, a baseball field in Minneapolis called Boson Field. Is that right? Damn, it's been a while. But it was very near to the airport and very near a highway. And so I remember watching a guy hit a foul ball, it went all the way out of the park, but it landed on the back windshield of somebody's car and just like smash windshield, you know? Oof. Yeah, and Oof. one time I was a little bit older and actually a similar person might, the same person might've been in this experience. We were at a driving range in suburban Minneapolis. And this particular driving range had, it had the fences set up, you know, the big, tall net fences, uh-huh. right? But I, <laughs> I'm very bad at golf and very strong. So I would like hit this motherfucker 200 yards straight and then it would dog ear hundred yards to the other direction, right? <laughs> and so it would get over the fence and like onto a literal highway. But next to the highway, there was also a sidewalk. And one of the more alarming memories of my life is watching me slice a ball and seeing it land, I mean, feet, if not inches, in front of a geriatric woman who was carrying a bag of groceries. It didn't hit her. Yeah. But she dropped her bag of groceries. (laughs) And I was just like, still feel so bad about that, man.
1: Yeah, I can see. Yeah, that's terrifying. (laughs) Uh, Ashley Judd, though, uh, is in one of my favorite horror movies. Psychological thriller horror. uh, Bug. William Friedkin's Bug. It's her and Michael Shannon. Oh, such a... And Tracy Letts wrote it. Okay. Oh, dude, if you've never seen Bug, it is a chilling time.
0: I have not, but I'm going to put it on the list right now. That looks great. Yeah, it's incredible. <clears throat> Tracy Letts is on the list of like, all right, well, anything you do. Let's
1: check that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he wrote the play, and I think he adapted the screenplay too.
0: Right on. No, I'll have to check out Bug. So back to Double Jeopardy. Yes. Um, I have I have a lot of notes that are sort of related to like, the silliness of the plot I, I don't want to go through too many of those things but I do want to start at the very it's not the first shot in the movie but it's like within the first five minutes they cut to the party right and there is a guy who is given a skewer and he's like dipping it in sauce and he is like dripping barbecue like do? No it's like a barbecue sauce or something. It's a red, drippy thing. And he's just like, oh, I don't know what to do with this. And then they just cut away from him. And that's the end of his interaction in the movie. And it's one of the stranger things I've seen in
1: any oh, movie. Oh, I didn't catch that.
0: It's so bizarre, man. It, it's the type of thing where you're like, who are you related to? You must be the director's brother. Why are you in this movie? I don't understand the purpose of this scene at all
1: oh man uh also shout out to uh elizabeth gish
0: listen the terrible joke that i i have to exercise for my brain is that elizabeth gish is the eventual it girl
1: i i fucked up her name why did hearing you say elizabeth made me realize i fucked annabeth annabeth that made me realize i fucked up her name
0: (laughs) it is annabeth gish
1: and bed, she, yes.
0: credit. she rules slc punk is one of my favorite movies of all time oh. let's do that next week and but mystic pizza i do i'm a fan of mystic pizza for sure
1: yes but uh, oh my god her in slc punk man so good that whole movie yeah we need to add that to the list eventually
0: yeah absolutely it, you know what we should do a lillard <laughs> miniseries and just wing commander slc punk See, although the, like a few of those reach into the 2000s anyway wing commander do you know how many movies uh matthew lillard and freddie prince jr made together it's at least five four i think it's i think it's five plus man. summer
1: Catch. okay some catch scooby-doo one and two yep um uh fucking uh what's the one we were just talking about winkmander uh, we just said winkmander. yes uh
0: yeah those are the four there's what, another one out there hang on let me see and i'm looking it up currently so don't
1: yeah don't. no uh, i'm trying to keep thinking uh are they 90s or does it go into the 2000s it, it probably, probably goes into the two thousands. How could it
0: not, right? Oh, summer catch. We're forgetting summer catch. And
1: Matthew. That's what Lillard, I said.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Matthew Lillard also shows up, and she's all that.
1: Yes, yes, he does. And is that it?
0: Yeah, that's what I got in front of me anyway.
1: Okay. Yeah. No, that makes sense. So five.
0: All right, we'll go with five.
1: Yeah. Look at that. Um. Double Jeopardy, let's see here. Um, Michelle Pfeiffer, Meg Ryan, Brooke Shields all declined the role.
0: I can't imagine why.
1: Jodie Foster was attached to star as Libby for a
0: while. I would rather see Jodie Foster as uh, the male lead. If she was in the Tommy Lee Jones role, I'd be more interested in this movie. Ooh, that's interesting. I like that. I, here's the thing: is that
1: the script for this movie is bad. Everything yes. else about it is very good. And yeah, so it, it feels like a dime store novel. Yeah, and that's great. I mean, I They're love, bad. dude. I dime love Grisham bad. movies.
0: I love, you know, Dean Koontz and you know Danielle Steele. I'm in for that for fiction. That's great
1: um Greg Kinnear was supposed to be um the husband Nick but passed Mm. he was offered it but passed
0: that's interesting I yeah Greg Kinnear would have done a great job with it because you know what Greg Kinnear would have made this a better movie so here's like my big complaint about this movie is like what why why is any of this happening and so Bruce Greenwood, who I love, and he does a great job here. He does do a good job. He, there's no reason for him to do any of this, right? He's like the CEO or a high level rich guy, and then, well, he did
1: it because he was embezzling money,
0: right? And maybe right? this is 20. Yes, absolutely. And so this might be 2020 talking back to 1999, but it's like yeah, the rich guys embezzle money and then they just go get a different job. What? Why do you need to murder your wife to do more of what you do every day? So the, the basic conceit of this plot makes zero sense in 2020.
1: Um, y- yeah, why go through the trouble? There's some movies that are definitely like that that Oh uh, man, like Gone Baby Gone. I just watched recently with my buddy and he was like, yeah, no, that's a great movie. But like, w- I don't want to spoil it for no one if you haven't seen it. But like, he was like, why go through all of that trouble? Why not uh, like check in on the mom and make sure she's doing good and taking care of the kid? Like why go up and set up this whole fucking scheme to kidnap a kid?
0: It's just easier to do the right thing. <laughs> yeah <laughs> this movie doesn't have quite that problem but yeah again similarly where it's like Did you <laughs> it's a different problem where bro you could just tell the cops you're rich and then the problem's over i don't why are you doing all of these things
1: oh uh, i love it it's a mess <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a little bit of a mess it's really entertaining though it really is um since we're talking it's about the never it, Oh super
1: entertaining
0: one of the things that it does that makes me crazy is the like all right she's got the the blood all over her she wakes up in the middle of the night we don't know what's going on and then she picks up the knife and why would you do that maybe it's because i've seen too many movies but i'm like hey don't touch the knife don't unless you're trying to kill somebody with a weapon just don't fucking
1: touch it what are you doing right. You gotta think that Nick thought ahead of this and put her fingerprints on it. Anyways. Like. I, okay.
0: We're adding script pages now, but sure.
1: I'm just but saying. No, no, I don't have to believe that, and I'll tell you why. Because why, he went through the trouble of dumping blood on her and putting it all the way, and on her hand. It was on her hand.
0: But then, this same gentleman, uh, by which I mean... Asshole goes to resume public life. So yeah,
1: under a different name. No, no plastic surgery. No nothing.
0: This is not the type of person who thinks his plans through enough to make sure that he gets away with it. Because if he wanted to get away with it, he would have.
1: Yeah, you know what? They needed to set this in the seventies.
0: Yes, yes, that's the fix. Like. I often say my favorite technology is- wait, say that again.
1: Oh, oh no, no, you go ahead. You go ahead. Okay.
0: My favorite movies are 90s thrillers that should have been 70s thrillers. Case in point, breakdown, starring Kurt Russell. But breakdown's awesome. Breakdown is awesome. It's like, it's, that's the dividing line where Breakdown still kind of works in the 90s. But man, imagine that in the 70s and it would be a five-star movie. It would be perfect. In the 90s, it's a little like, wait, what are we doing here? That's not how the world works.
1: Yeah, I bet if Breakdown was made in the 70s, it'd probably be more of a horror. I think you're probably right about that. I mean, certainly like a much more grimy thriller for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, we'll do Breakdown eventually as well. Happy to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should definitely add more campy crime movies. Not, so not the, not the big ones, not like The Firm, but like, just the, the random ones that no one talks about.
0: <laughs> What's wrong with The Firm? Also, I don't think people are talking about The Firm anymore.
1: No, they probably don't, but The Firm was more of like a a well received movie
0: fair enough and, and that kind of speaks to i have a note here that is why is any of this happening in terms of character motivation and then the answer that i've written down is shut up and eat your popcorn
1: <laughs> totally and i'm okay with that <laughs> come on man you get a ferry boat fucking chase kind of okay it <laughs> after the truck <laughs> but why how is Tommy Lee Jones the only person
0: that notices the insane car accident on the ferry boat Uh, bonkers
1: oh it's awesome (laughs) I love the whole setting too uh like they lived in like what uh Whitby Island which is right outside of Washington so just that whole landscape is fucked Gorgeous, it's beautiful, and that house. The yeah, I think they actually probably shot in Vancouver, probably, of course. course. Yeah, but still, beautiful. Um, hey, I got something for you. Do you know Roma Mafia? Roma Mafia. Why does that name sound familiar?
0: Because she is, in fact, a person. She's one of the, uh, she's the long-haired woman in the prison that's like, hey, here's how Double Jeopardy works. Margaret. Margaret. That's right. Yep. I can't get past the fact that her name is Roma
1: Mafia. Ro- I did not realize that. Roma Mafia. Yeah, she's in a lot of shit. And she's a great actor, man. She really shows up. Yeah. She's awesome. Yeah, Roma it's just, mafia.
0: Have you ever heard a name better than Roma Mafia?
1: No, honestly. It's like, it sits on your tongue. Roma Mafia. That's good. It's yeah. good. Uh, um, one thing that popped
0: in my mind watching this was the night of the Rez Ahmed, uh, John Turturro, John HBO mm-hmm. limited series. Yeah. When we wake up, and she's just like covered in blood, has no idea what's going on. I was wondering, just a little bit of a wonder, if we drew some inspiration from that. Because there's a real direct
1: parallel there. You I don't think, think that so? idea, I no, I think that idea has been done a few times and the night of just kind of perfected it. The night of definitely perfected it. Yeah. let's see who wrote this who wrote it um david weisberg and douglas cook who david weisberg wrote the rock which we were watching last night all right uh he wrote uh the only two i know are the rock and double jeopardy i mean wrote a song for garden state
0: i was just thinking about garden state because um i've officially retired from twitter because of its insane nonsense and i was just thinking about the scene at the end of garden state where they literally scream into a hole into the quarry
1: mm-hmm. yeah. albert's <laughs> infinite abyss i love the that void scene. it's the
0: actual void they're screaming into the void and mm-hmm. I, you know that movie's
1: okay or whatever but it I love it. It's so sweet. And Natalie Portman is incredible in it. I mean, she gets credit for being
0: kind of the OG Manic Pixie dream girl in that movie, right? Mm hmm. Yeah. Although, no. No.
1: Kate Winslet for Eternal Sunshine, I think, was before that.
0: Yeah, you're probably. Although, right. I
1: hate that. I hate that term. And like, because it's. It's also kind of like not very feminist to say that because it's like, why can't women be that certain thing? Like Natalie Portman in Garden State to me is a fleshed out character. Like she is someone who suffers from a very serious illness and is a constant liar. And she doesn't know really who she is and where she fits in with this world and meeting him She does, this is where the Manic Pixie thing comes in. Like, she meets him and helps him to like kind of realize that his life is not what he wants it. And we never get to see her change in any way. But I think with her showing him just love and affection and him reciprocating that to her that is both of them growing at the same time. I don't know that. I don't know. I think there's ways that that term does really apply to some movies, but I also think because I've also heard women say this, like, why can't women be that? Like, why? Like, uh, there was this one thing, like, um, uh, oh man, uh, she said this. Uh, this girl I know said. Kill Bill is a a movie written by a man through a man's lens of what a woman could be. And uh, the person that I was with, uh, her sister and I were like, yeah, but why can't she be that? You're saying that a woman can't be something because there's never been an account of a woman doing something like that. And that bothers me because it's a fucking movie. I'll say two
0: things, which is, first of all, there have been many accounts of women doing things like that and much more impressive things, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So there absolutely have been tales of wildly impressive women. The problem with things like Garden State and the even Eternal Sunshine, which is a movie I like a lot because it grants a little more agency to Kate Winslet, Mm -hmm. Um, And Charlie Kaufman's an adept writer who understands the
1: tropes that he's dealing with in.
0: Yeah, and Kate Winslet,
1: like, calls it out. Like, she's like, I don't want you to be, I don't uh, want you to project what you think I should be. I I am me. I don't want you to, I change who I am because that's who I am.
0: And that's fair. We, you know, as Moana would inform us, the people you love will change you. That happens. The problem with things like Garden State is that it's sur- this much more interesting character, Natalie Portman, has to subserve to a bland, boring nothing in Zach Braff. And it culminates in him screaming nothing into nothing. And meanwhile, this really interesting, fully fleshed human has to support his nothing. And that's bad, that's whack. It would be a better story if we got to explore her character a little bit more.
1: Hmm, Okay. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I, I think
0: it's true. I, you know, back to Double Jeopardy. Kind of speaking of, I, what is Bruce Greenwood's plan? Like, how, what works here? What's
1: his future? How? I do game. He had to change his plan. Because he ended up having to kill Annabeth Gish in some fucking explosion that happened in the house. (laughs) And then he had to change his name again and probably change his kid's name again. No, he doesn't even change the kid's name. No, it's still Maddie. Yeah, she comes up to him at the end and is like, Maddie! And he responds, yeah, no, I don't know what his plan was. (laughs) Because there isn't one.
0: (laughs) You know what I mean? It's all like in reflection of what she's actually doing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Which yeah. you know, we should pay more attention to.
1: <laughs> Bruce Greenwood, man. He's, he's awesome. He's, he's really real good. good. Dude, I just watched Flight for
0: the first time. Did we talk about this? Yes, we did. He's good, man. Bruce yeah. Greenwood is good. <laughs> um, since we're talking well, about he- other movies, one of the things that came to my mind is when she's in the, uh, the tomb and she's lighting the that's a good good scene. Yeah,
1: Kill Bill too, kind of buried with Ryan Reynolds. I wasn't the biggest fan of that one. I didn't love it.
0: But that's what popped in my brain.
1: Hey man, I thought I always whenever when I saw Kill Bill Volume 2, I I, I was like, "Hey, that's like double jeopardy."
0: That's <laughs> <laughs> so fucking hipster of you, man. That, that rules, dude. That's
1: awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too funny! Yeah, those—that's all—that's all I've got to say on Double Jeopardy.
0: Okay, I got a few more things. I yeah, I want to point back to Tommy Lee Jones because he's such a steady hand, and I, I said it kind of in the beginning. His performance here, his energy, is the reason that this movie works at all, and. He's so often a law man. He's so often in control of what's going on around him. Even if he doesn't know what's going on around him, he understands how to operate within this. Mm-hmm. And it became such a part of his persona that the Coen brothers were able to invert that for one of the best endings of all time in No Country for Old Men, where Tommy Lee Jones is sitting at a diner and going, I just don't know what that means.
1: And he literally, yeah, he's sitting in his, at his dining room table And he's telling his wife about the dream. It's the wife. Sorry. Yeah, Yeah. and that's uh, an
0: earlier conversation with another sheriff. It where they're have that's the one the conversation that I'm thinking of.
1: Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, because the final moment is him saying, "And then I woke up," and it ends. Oh, it's brilliant. God damn, that's a good movie. And
0: but that's kind of my point is like, TLJ baby, he really. Guides this thing in He might be our, our dude, <laughs> the Maiden and the nice man. Between this and the fugitive. Right? He's a, he's a treasure. Truly. Truly. And he mm-hmm. will not be ignored on immemorium segments in the future.
1: Yep. One of my favorite roles of his is uh, Coal Miner's Daughter.
0: You know, I haven't seen that one.
1: Great movie. Sissy Spacek is amazing. In everything she's in. It, truly.
0: <laughs> One of the lines that he has here that I really dig dig for him and in the script, I think it's a high point in the script, he says, "I'm when she's first coming into the halfway house and is like, oh yeah, no, I'm sorry for murdering my husband. I'm just going to behave, right? And he says, I'm not interested in your contrition. I'm interested in your behavior. Mm-hmm. <laughs> damn that's a good line and i also feel like if the world took that into our hearts might be a better place maybe i'm looking at you christians because your best dead sorry deathbed apologies mean nothing to the people who have suffered under your hollow ideology end of rant
1: this became a uh, attack the christians podcast Thank you.
0: Uh, um, one of the things I really dug about this movie was the... <laughs> so early on when the guy's like... It, it's that first scene. They're at the party and he's like, oh yeah, it's the Picasso blue period. And it's clearly not at all. <laughs> I didn't even catch it. Oh, uh, buddy. Not to be art snob on you, but it just is like... Kandinsky drew horses that was his whole fucking thing at least the like thing that he's most famous for and there's clearly a lot of horses here also as bruce greenwood points out picasso's blue period was figurative he painted humans in blue yes that was the whole thing about it but i dig a little i don't know art history exploration have you seen the there's a documentary on netflix right now like
1: The art heist one? Yeah. I haven't watched it yet. I want to though. Watch it. It was good? It's good because it really points out like
0: art collectors are all, not all, I'm not going to generalize. I worked for, okay, disclosure time. Have I talked to you about this? Uh, A lot of my time in London was working at a custom framing operation. So we built very ornate frames for very impressive pieces of art. So I'm not like a art heist guy, but I have some knowledge to let you know about the art world. And there is a lot of, just a lot of fraud. The reason that it exists is because it's an incredibly easy place to commit fraud. So if you need to lower your tax burden for a specific year you can devalue your art pretty easy. Um, Tenet is another movie that explores this pretty well where it's like, hey.
1: Yeah, that's what I was thinking of when you said this. (laughs) Those things are real,
0: dude. The open port or whatever that thing is called, those exist. And it is a racket that allows fabulously wealthy people to adjust their wealth at their whim. That's the whole thing about it. Mm. Anything else about it is aesthetic. And good for you. You know, I like art also. But the collecting world is a racket. And that's what I have to say about it. I dug that this movie spent a little bit of time there.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, just a little bit, not even not even one percent
0: well and to that end like the fact that he goes from like i'm gonna fake my own death to i'm going to entomb her buried alive what are we doing here what are the the stakes of this movie i don't (laughs) understand what we're trying to accomplish
1: yeah (laughs) it's truly crazy i'm gonna pay some kid to fucking lure her to this tomb
0: he goes full on monster. and Not that he's not been a monster before that, but like really legitimately ghoulish, you know? Mm. And that's kind of an unexpected turn. Okay, here's another since I'm nitpicking. Remember when Tommy Lee Jones, this is, it's so the plot of this thing is fucking terrible. So Tommy Lee Jones gets the printout of the licenses from Washington State. And the first one he gets is like, Nobody, nothing guy, not matches. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. The old man ID, that one. Okay. Yeah.
0: Setting aside the fact that he needs to do a little more research and figure out what's going on here. How has he not done this research already?
1: Right, yeah. Once Ashley Judd told me about it, I would have started researching. It.
0: Let's take a look. Let's just take a look.
1: Yep. All right. Hey, man, I get it.
0: Here's two last notes that I have. Uh, one, the, the parade, the funeral procession. Do you know the Hannibal Burris bit about being in New Orleans? Mm-hmm. He, he talks about the fact that you can hire a parade permit for $300, basically any day of the week, and then just go hire a band to follow you around. So in one of his stand-up specials he describes like going from bar to bar just with a brass band behind him like playing music because it's that easy to do in New Orleans. That's and awesome. Life goal. I'm telling you, if yeah, I totally. die before hiring a parade in New Orleans, I will have failed as a man.
1: <laughs> I'll join you with that.
0: Next year. Woohoo. The only thing I have left is uh, her mother saying that there's good money in tomatoes.
1: She did say that while gardening. And
0: buddy, I had to do a little look on it because I've been growing tomatoes in addition to some other props that I grow. I've been trying to like really nail down tomatoes on my indoor situation uh-huh. because I'm so tired of not having, have you, you're from like, northern california central california you know what good
1: is, right no you're from yep. Northern california okay yeah how are the tomatoes up there so one thing not the biggest tomato guy you've never had a good tomato is the reason for that um i my dad used to grow tomatoes um and like they were all right i'm just not the biggest fan of them
0: okay fair enough i'll you are entitled to your preferences.
1: Yeah, but I, want, I need to try a really good tomato, I guess. I mean, a great tomato.
0: There's yeah. My grandmother in um, kind of central Indiana had a pretty solid farm. And there are two plants that a lot of people hate that I think are exceptional. And the reason that you hate them is because you've had bad produce, you know? Tomatoes and cantaloupe. Mellow. Oh, I love cantaloupe. Dude, when you get a good cantaloupe, it is candy.
1: Yeah, no, I love cantaloupe, definitely.
0: When you get a good tomato, it's a real exceptional experience.
1: Oh, my mom would just take a tomato hole and put salt on it and just ugh. eat it like an apple. Ugh. no. Nope, I'm with your mom, buddy. That.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we would go through the rows and pick up. Have you ever seen a tomato caterpillar? I don't know. Look one up on the internet and be horrified. They are intense creatures. They're like two to three inches long. They're black and white striped. They have a bright green head. When you look at them in the field, you're just like, monster! I can't! But you pick it off the tomato. The reason that the tomato bug is on that tomato is because it's the best tomato. So you pick the bug off of that one, just a little salt and pepper on it, eat it like an apple. Oh! heaven
1: <laughs> I'm googling one right now so
0: her, oh, the yeah. mom's line they're gnarly right yeah they are yeah so the mom's line about always having monies and tomatoes spoke to me where i was just like i'm going to increase my tomato crop here cuz i got black cherries going i got marmonday i got yellow pear buddy what? i got roma's going i'm into it
1: okay okay that's okay. cool <laughs> <laughs> that's well, awesome dude. what
0: else man do you have anything else about double jeopardy no
1: nothing else uh except that there's good money in tomatoes good money in tomatoes
0: i quick google search returned ten thousand pounds per acre and an acre is not 10,000 pounds of effort.
1: Hmm.
0: Something to think yeah,
1: about. It yeah, it doesn't sound right.
0: It's heirloom specifically. So you got to get the good ones going. And I also, <laughs> no, I'm going to tell it. We, I, so there's a guy down the street. One of the things that the UK has going for it is greengrocers. Like every neighborhood has a little shop that has incredible produce it's awesome. You can just kind of walk down the block and go get really, really good vegetables. Mm. And our guy, Mike, down the hill was like, oh, you got to try these ones. These are the best tomatoes you ever had. And I got to be real, they were very, very good tomatoes. (laughs) But I was a little disappointed that he sold them to me as the best tomatoes I ever had because they were nowhere near that close. And
1: Uh.
0: I'm trying to get a little ripe one and just go set it on his desk and be like, hey, Mike, this is the best tomato. So that's what I have to say about Double Jeopardy. I, 90s thrillers, what can I say? Fun, fun, fun. Fun, fun, fun. Watch it. Definitely watch it. It really is snappy. It's a lot of fun. It works. It, if you're willing to do the suspension of disbelief and buy into Tommy Lee Jones right
1: yep absolutely